morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. people here, but you know, uh, hang around, uh, you, you might find that you like it, so it's all right. But uh, <laughs> our Wednesday night service is what we would simply call a, our, our believers meeting, or just we, we talk a little more in depth concerning the Word of God, just do a little bit more teaching in these t- type settings. And then our Sunday morning service, it's geared toward a, to, toward a, a big uh, array of uh, uh, people in all walks of faith, and so just where, wherever you're at, uh, Sunday morning is a good place to start. And so Wednesday night, we just have a great opportunity just to Go a little bit further and study the word of God. So let's open up with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for just, oh, what you're going to speak into our hearts. That, God, this is a turning point in our lives. And that, God, we can purpose to be led by your voice and know your voice. And hear it clearly and be sure that we know it's you. And so, God, we thank you that we're becoming more wise and more in tune in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Well, as we've just started this Wednesday night uh, service, we've only been going for, what, about four weeks now? And so this is kind of new to our, uh, our repertoire, if you will. But we've been teaching on the subject of prayer. And so this week, I really wanted to get into the subject of just what it is to be led by the Holy Spirit or how to hear God's voice. Because obviously, when it comes to prayer, when we're talking to God, God desires to communicate and talk to us. God's wanting to give us direction. He's wanting to speak into our lives. But when it comes to knowing God's voice, if we'll get familiar with his voice, we'll be sure that we're not getting off track. In fact, the Bible says this. Jesus said this. He says, uh, my voice, you know, and the voice of a stranger, you won't follow. And so that tells us that it's not just Jesus that's talking to us. If he says the voice of a stranger you won't follow, then that, us, that must mean that there's other voices out there that are trying to get our attention. Whether it be naturally speaking or whether it's the enemy trying to get us off course in life. It says, but the voice of a stranger you won't follow. So therefore, the enemy must be working extremely hard to get us off course or to get us away from identifying and knowing and hearing the voice of God. Amen. And so tonight, one of the things that I want to get into, uh, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah says, I know the plans that I have for you. He says, I know the thoughts that I have for you, and they're, they're higher than your thoughts. He says, the plans that I have for you, they're, they're, they're good plans uh, of a future and a hope. And one translation says, of an expected end. So God desires for us to think beyond what we think, to have a greater expectation because there's this journey of life that he wants to take us on. And he says, it's a good plan and there's good things on this journey of your life. And so on this journey, if we'll do this entire life without knowing where he's at and where he's directing, where he's leading, oftentimes we'll just exist and never experience the goodness that God desires for us. In fact, you think about, for instance, this, this journey of life, you can think of it as a long trip. Anybody do any long driving? You know, my wife and I, we used to, before we had kids, we used to do a lot of traveling back and forth. Uh, her family's out in Oklahoma. And so, man, we would drive back and forth. In fact, we've driven that so many times I've lost count, you know, driving down to Florida, some other family members. And it seems the more kids that we have, the less travel that we've done. But, you know, when you're on the road for a great length of time, uh, 
it's very boring when you're not, not talking to one another, right? How many of you just uh, spend hours in the car with somebody and you never talk to them? It's really kind of not possible, is it? I mean, at some point in time, conversation comes up. Oh, did you see that? Oh, look at that dummy. Or, what, you know, whatever. You know, you start having conversation just because you just don't want to be alone, right? Well, there's this journey of life, and God's saying, I'm on this journey with you, and I just want to talk with you. But so many times we'll do this life or this trip or this journey, and we'll never stop to just talk with him. And he's always right there just wanting to talk and communicate with us and give us direction along the, along the way, right? But we've got to stop long enough to be able to hear his voice. Anybody familiar with GPSs? If you've driven for any length of time, most of us have GPSs. If you don't have a, a physical GPS, you might have it on your phone. And so you punch in your phone, the coordinates, and then you, you, it starts talking to you, right? Well, I remember back in the day when I was younger, I had, you know, the road atlas or the maps. And I was pretty good at following maps. You know, you'd be flipping through, you know, you're driving, it's dark, you got the light on, and now you got that crazy intersection and you're figuring it out. And somehow you navigate through and you're always able to follow the map. Then they came out with these GPSs and the thing talked at you. You know, it just talked to you, told you which way to go. And then it even had a map on there as well. And it would show you as, as well as talking to you on your journey. Now, I don't know if you, you've got one of those or if you ever used one of those, but my faith in that voice on the GPS is, is pretty confident. I mean, 99.9% of the time, I'm believing in that little voice coming out of that box saying, in the next 300 feet, turn to your left, right? I trust it. And I like looking at the visual because in addition to what I'm hearing her say, I'm also seeing the coordinates and the map laid out on the screen. But even if I don't see it, I can hear the voice and it will still navigate me. In fact, that's the way many of us like to do life. As long as I can see it, I'm okay. But God says, why don't you get to a place where you don't have to see it before you see it. But just trust me and begin to follow the leading of my voice. If we will do that with a stinking GPS, why can't we begin to be in tuned and be really begin to learn how to follow the leading and the direction of the voice of God? Because he's always speaking to us, right? Right? And so God just wants us to begin to trust him and begin to follow his leading. And so, if you will, turn in your Bibles to John. John chapter 15. As I said, when it comes to this journey of life, it is always going to require faith. It is always going to require faith. And anything that God's called you to do is going to take faith, right? A marriage, we just think, well, it's a simple thing, but it's a ministry. It's a calling of God. Having children, it's a calling. It's a ministry. And so it's going to take faith to be a husband, a wife, a mother, a father in order to do it right. In fact, for that matter, we ought to be able to parent in such a way that we're listening to the leading and the directing of the Holy Spirit talking to us as to how we parent. You know, I've got three children, and all of them have different personalities. And each of them have, have given me times of joy, but they've also given me times of frustration, right? And in those times of frustration, there's times I'm like, God, I don't know how to address this. How do I fix it? How do I address it? How do I motivate them? How do I correct something? 
Because I was, I was old school raised, you know, where the way you correct something is you just get a stick and you just hit them long enough and they change. But that don't work, right? <laughs> so God, how do I motivate? How do I correct? How do I direct my children? And time and time again, God has given us direction as to how to speak into their life, how to correct them, how to direct them. And God always knows how to do it better than my way of doing things, right? So you could say it this way, God really wants us to parent supernaturally. And that's not spooky, kooky, or weird. That's God saying, I want you to do things my way because my ways are higher. You got the natural ways, but I got the supernatural ways. My ways are higher. When it comes to being a husband and a wife, how come so many families are ending up in divorce? Divorce. It's because we're doing it naturally. We've said this before, and I've used these, these statistics before when it comes to marriage in the church. Like, we've got as many divorces in the church as we do outside of the church. And if you want to go from numbers, that's correct. But in all reality, for those that are walking with Jesus, those that are living by the Word of God, the statistics are almost 100%. Are you hearing me? The marriages that fail that look like those that are apart from Christ are the ones that are living like they're apart from Christ. And therefore, their marriages, even though they go to church, they still have the same kind of marriages outside of the church. But those that are walking with God, purposing to say, God, I want you to direct me and lead me. Help me be the the best husband that I can. Those are the marriages that can't fail because we're following the leading in the direction of God. Amen? All right, so in John chapter 15, I forgot my glasses, so you'll have to bear with me. It says in verse 1, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3, you are already clean because the word or because of the word that has been spoken to you. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me i am the vine and you are the branches he who abides in me and i in him here uh, uh, bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing if anyone does not abide in me he is cast into the, he is cast out as a branch uh, as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire And they are burned. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now let's back up and review that for just a moment. He says this. He says, first of all, four or five different times. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you will produce fruit. And then he says this. He says up in verse Three, he says, you are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. So in other words, he's saying this. He says, you receive the word of God, and so therefore you have salvation. You've been cleansed. The word of God cleansed you. You've received salvation. And so therefore, you're going to heaven. You're a child of God. But even though the word of God is what cleansed you, made you come into a relationship with Jesus... You can still live this life and not bear fruit in your life. Did you see that? But then he goes on to say, if you abide in me and I in you, you'll produce fruit. 
But then he tells us how abiding in him is done or what it is to abide in him. In verse 7, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire and it'll be done. What's asking? Asking is just another form or another way of saying we pray and we request something of God. So he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll be able to pray and ask of me and it will be done because you've got my word in your heart. So if you're going to abide in me, the way that you abide in me is my word abides in you. My word abides in you. So the first way that we truly begin to follow the leading of God's voice in our life is through the word of God. The Word of God is God speaking to us. And I believe I said last week concerning uh, just spending time in the Word of God, it's truly fellowship with Him. We look at this as I'm going to spend time in prayer, and that's my time where I'm actually talking to God, and then I'm going to have my Bible reading time. And that's a whole different thing when I read my Bible. But really, it's all kind of wrapped up in one big package. Because as I'm praying and talking to God, but when I'm beginning to read the Bible, the Bible begins to be God's voice speaking to me. And then, therefore, there is fellowship that's taking place because of getting into the Word. And then when I'm over here into prayer and I'm talking to God, all of a sudden I start hearing his word come up in my heart and his voice starts sounding a whole lot like the fellowship that I had in the word of God. You know what I'm talking about? Time and time again. In fact, that's that's probably 99% of the time of how God talks to me. When I've got a question and I'm like, God, what about this? Or God, there's a situation. What, what's going on? He'll always direct me to the word and the word will answer the question that I have. So God's voice is always being used or I should say God's word is always a part of his voice speaking to us. And over in Hebrews, the Bible says this. In fact, there's there's two parts to that. There's one part where we speak the word. But when the word speaks to us, it's what's called the rhema word, the rhema word of God where the, the, the word of God is alive and actually speaks to you. Remember, Jesus said over in John six sixty three, he said, my word is spirit and it's life. Have you ever had the word of God become living in your life as you're reading? All of a sudden, it just explodes off the page. It starts talking to you. In fact, Ed, Heidi and Ed, they were here, uh, they generally sit right here, and, and this was just a matter of about three weeks ago, I was ministering on a Sunday morning, and he said, I, he was following along with what, he, uh, what I was reading, and then he said, all of a sudden, he started reading just a little bit beyond where I was reading, and he says, all of a sudden, he said, I got lost in what I was reading. He says, in fact, I, I stopped hearing you because all of a sudden, what you said and what I started reading after that just started to come off the page. Well, what was taking place right there? God was speaking to him through the written word of God. It was becoming alive to him. It was God's voice speaking to him. Amen. And so once again, we've got to begin to have a dialogue, a habit of fellowshipping with God through his word. And I'm going to step out on the on the edge here and, and really make a, a bold statement. And that is, is if we're not spending time fellowshipping in the Word of God, then you're 99.9% of the time not following the leading of God's voice. Because there's a whole lot of voices that are directing you and leading you. But if you don't have the Word of God to validate what you're hearing, then you have no foundation. 
In fact, for instance, maybe some of you can relate to this. But as I said, there's many voices that are in the land. The enemy is always talking at you. But have you ever had these crazy thoughts? Why don't you just kill yourself? You ever had a crazy thought like that before? Maybe it was when you was young and you had that breakup, you know, and you broke up with the guy or the girl. It's like, if I was just dead, you would care. If I just drove off the bridge, you would, you would think twice, right? And those stupid thoughts. Who do you think those stupid thoughts come from? In a vulnerable state, the old enemy comes and says, yeah, why don't you just take your life? They'll really miss you then. No sane person thinks that way. You know, we always get wrapped up in where people that commit suicide, are they going to heaven or not? A question for us is, do sick people go to heaven? Sure they do. Well, in order for you to take your life, then you've got to be sick mentally. And you say, well, how do you know they're sick mentally? Cut your hand off. And you're like, I ain't doing that. Well, why not? Because it'll hurt. Well, what sane person says, I'm going to put a gun to my head? What sane person says, I'm going to cut my wrist? What sane person jumps off of a building not knowing the unknown of how it's going to hurt? Right? You know what I'm saying? So you've got to get to a place of listening to a voice that's getting you to a point of saying, why don't you do it? And the funny thing is, is that you start listening to that voice and you think, dear God, I've never had that kind of thought before. Why would I ever think? And then the enemy jumps in your shoulder again. He says, yeah, you must be suicidal. And then all of a sudden, oh gosh, I must be suicidal. And then he says, yep, that's right, you are. You are, you're going crazy. And you're thinking, oh dear God, I'm going crazy. And all this conversation's going on in your head. And we're thinking, what's going on? But listen, the word of God will bring stability and balance. And once again, the enemy is really good at bringing something that sounds like God, but is just half off. And get you going down the wrong path because it seems like it looks like God. It sounds close enough like God, but it's not God. And if we don't have the word of God established in our heart, we'll get tricked and deceived and not even know it. And so the word of God is something that we've got a purpose to have in our heart because it is part of God's voice and fellowship to our life. Now. If you notice right along with this, he says, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me. And then he says, this is what it means to abide in me. Have my words in your heart. But every time he talks about abiding in him, he's also making a connection to bearing fruit. Right? Bearing fruit. All right, so let me bring to your attention here. In Galatians chapter 5. In verse 13, it says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use this liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you... But if you... Bite and devour one another. Beware lest you consume, you're consumed by one, or one another. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led 
by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So let's stop there for just a minute. Over in the book of Romans, the Bible says this, that the word, if it's just the word, it will become law or it becomes legalistic. Have you ever been in that kind of environment where it's all about the do's and the don'ts? Well, you can't do this and you can't do that. And therefore, church becomes just a bunch of what I can't do. A lot of religion. And they use the word of God to beat their religious drum and saying, well, you can't do because the word of God says. Well, it ends up becoming law. And the Bible says over in Romans that the, the, the word or the law itself kills, but the spirit gives life. So we've got to have the Word and the Spirit together. And so he says this. He says, if you're walking by the Spirit or being led by the Holy Spirit, he says, you're not under the law. Or in other words, the Word or the law doesn't govern you by rules and regulations. Right? And then it goes on to say this. Now the works of the flesh... Are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, uh, envy, murder, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I've told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. All right, so let's stop and back up for a moment. Notice he says, against such there is no law. So in other words, if we'll purpose to walk according to the Spirit, following the voice of the Holy Spirit, we won't get ourselves under this religious rhetoric, if you will, That becomes legalistic of do's and don'ts. He says, as a result of just simply following the leading of the Holy Spirit, you will walk in the Spirit and you won't do all those things that the flesh wants to do. He says that on the contrary, he says, this is what the conduct will be. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So in other words, all those Things of the flesh that we just read about oftentimes are a result of not having self-control, right? Being angry. Why do you get angry? Because you give yourself permission to. And eventually you get to a place where you're just out of control, right? You give yourself to to drinking. Well, one drink turns into two drinks. Before you know it, you're out of control. You got a drinking problem. You got a drug problem. You got a a pornography problem, right? Right? The, the, the flesh is given permission and it turns into something that was never intended to. But the Bible says if we're walking according to the Spirit or walking in the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit becomes evident and those other things begin to dissipate. He begins to prune those things, right? Have you ever found yourself when it comes to your temperament and your attitude that when you feel like you're closer with God, you're just a whole lot more likable? Sure. As a pastor, I see it on you. Come in like, wow. <laughs> they they do not spend much time with Jesus this week. <laughs> no, I don't say that. <laughs> but in all of it, the Bible says this, that you have been called to liberty. God wants us to be free, right? 
And therefore, he wants us to be able to follow his leading and his guiding and his directing. And it's the word of God and it's the leading of the Holy Spirit that comes together. Now, you may say, how is it that I know his voice? In Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Go ahead, let's turn there, if you will. Romans chapter 8. I believe in verse 14. It says, For many are led by the Spirit of God. Remember we just saw those words? For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And then we go down to verse 16. It says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So it says, Those of us that are children of God, we are led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God bears witness within our spirit that we are the sons of God. So where does God speak or where does his voice become real? In our spirit, not our intellect, not in our thinking, not in our thoughts, but in our spirit, in our heart. That's where the prompting and the leading begins to take place. Are you tracking with me? His voice becomes real on the inside, in our hearts. And so many times... Remember it talked about walking according to the flesh or walking according to the spirit. How many times are we looking for outward signs for God to direct us and for God to lead us? Well, God, if you'll do this, then I'll know. Well, God, if this shows up, then I'll know that this is what you're doing. God says he'll never, never said that he'll lead you by signs. He said he'll lead you by the inward witness on the inside. But that takes faith, don't it? It's a whole lot easier to look at the outward and say, well, God, if you gave me a sign, then I would know. But did you know that the enemy's real good at giving you signs? Yeah. You ever been driving down the road and, and you've seen those detour signs? Now, you had to obey the detour signs, but the detour signs aren't the most direct route, are they? I mean, they'll take you around. They'll get you to where you got to go, but it takes you out of the way, Right? And that's what the enemy is endeavoring to always do, to get you detoured to where you're not getting where you need to be at the time you need to be. Because God's got your answer. He's got the provision. He's got the solution. And he's always getting you, trying to get you to look at the natural side so you get detoured, right? It wasn't, uh, oh, it was probably about eight years ago, I guess it was. But concerning this building, when we just bought this building, it was really run down. It was really rough looking on the outside. And I was praying to the Lord about it. And I said, God, I said, I'd really like to get the outside stuccoed. I said, that's kind of what I envision, what I see. I'd really like to do that. And God says, well, go ahead. And so he got me hooked up with a guy that I knew. and Or uh, I knew a pastor. And he got me connected with the guy that did his building. And so the guy gave me a price. And I thought, well, that's a good price. And he says, well, I tell you what. He says, give me half down to start the job. And when I'm completed, he says, give me the other half. He says, now, that's what I do for a living. He says, but uh, I'll do it after hours and I'll work on the weekend. He said, it will take me the duration of the summer, but I'm giving you a really good deal. Are you okay with that? And I says, well, for the deal that you're giving me, I am okay with that. And so I had enough for half down, but that's all I had. And it was multiple thousands of dollars. And I'm like, I probably should just tell this guy, 
to just cancel it because all I have is half. And to get the other half, another multiple thousand dollars, I'm like, man, that's just a lot of money. And so as I'm praying about it, the Lord said to me, he said, when you asked me about the building, he said, did you ask me if you could do it or did you ask me whether or not you'd have enough money for it? And I said, well, you just told me to do it. He says, okay, then. And that's all he said about it. I'm like, okay. So I contacted the guy, gave him half the money down. And for the summer, for about three months, he's working on the building. And I'm watching the progress every week that I'm coming in. I'm seeing where the building looks, and it's getting closer to getting done. And I'm thinking, I still don't have that extra money. Like, God, I, you know, it's getting close to the end. Finally came in one Sunday, and the building's done, and the bill's underneath of the front door. And the bill was due the following Monday. And I'm like, oh, God. And so I'm in church, and I'm thinking, okay, God, I've got one Sunday. But we've obviously not been generating the income extra to put towards the building. But I've got one Sunday, and I'm like, but God, you said. And so just that particular Sunday, there were three new people that showed up in the church that day. I didn't say anything about the building, just took up the offering and got talking to them. And all three of them happened to be doctors from over here at McLaren. All of them Christian people. And when we counted up the offering, all the money to the dollar that was needed came in through those doctors. And they just gave into the offering. Now, once again, am I following what looks like? Should be the scenario? No, because that tells me something contrary. But faith says I have to trust God. And in that, I've got to follow the leading of his voice, even when it looks contrary to what seems in the natural a wise decision, right? And so God is always wanting to lead us. So many times people want to uh, be led by, like I said, signs and, Pastor, you got something for me? You want to speak into my life? Listen. God never said to be led by prophetic words. Now, prophetic words will lead you, but they've got to be, they've got to bear witness with your spirit. But too often times people are looking for words and people will get them off course. Can you say amen? <laughs> the Bible says, don't be quick or don't just let anybody lay hands on you. Well, if I'm going to be careful into who I have praying for me, then I better be careful into who I let speak into my life as well. Don't just accept anything that anybody says to you. You've got to follow and know the voice of God. And know the men of God and the women of God that God's put in your life to give you direction. Amen? You know, I, you start talking about these things and you kind of get off on some rabbit trails. But I remember uh, my cousin. She was a real pretty girl. So still pretty. She's just older now. But <laughs> when she was younger, she was really attractive, and she was in a service. I mean, she's still attractive. I mean, just saying, you, you know, she's 50-some now, and you go back to, you know, when she's 30-some. It's just a whole difference. You know what I'm talking about. So anyways, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm not getting out of the hole there. <laughs> so she's in a service, and this supposed prophet guy, he comes and he ministers to her, and he says... I see you traveling all over the world and being the next big thing in Christian music. I see you being bigger than Amy Grant. Now, some of you may not even know who Amy Grant is, but back in the day, she was somebody. And so she starts going around and telling everybody what this supposed prophet said, this guy. And I'm thinking, well, what's in your heart? 
Well, I don't know. never thought about that, but that's what he said. It's just like, well, goodness gracious. Just, just weigh it underneath of the scope of, of what you hear and what bears witness with your heart. But so many times people will look to people to give them words of encouragement or give them direction. And we just got to be purposing to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. He will direct you, guide you. And so many times people say, well, what should I do? The answer to a thousand and one questions is be led. The Holy Spirit will direct you and lead you. And God's a gentleman. God doesn't mind if you're a little bit slow. Because if you're slow, you can always get caught up. It's when you get too fast and get too busy and get too much in a hurry that you get yourself in trouble. Because if you're in a big hurry, you're out in front of God and you can't follow him anymore because he's behind you. As long as you're slow, or if you purpose to be more slow than fast, you can always get caught up. Amen. And so we're purposing just to learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit. I didn't get into a lot of what I wanted to talk about tonight. Or we'll, I guess, get into that a little bit more next week. Amen. But we're going to be led. Follow his leading and his directing. Amen. Let's stand and we'll pray. Praise the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to just know your voice more clearly than ever before. We thank you, Father, that your voice is the one we follow, the voice of a stranger we do not follow, we don't get distracted by, because we know you. God, we thank you that we're purposing to be people of the word, where the word of God is sown in our hearts. And that we become familiar with that voice through the word. God, we thank you. We thank you that, Lord, you'll lead us into the right direction every time. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life